0: hello and welcome to this episode of the ppc chat roundup in today's episode we have julie taking us on a great talk about how to talk ppc with non-ppc people i would definitely need some tips on this in my family i live with a doctor two doctors my dad (laughs) And my brother are doctors. My sister works in marketing, but not quite paid to digital marketing at all. More of the outdoor marketing and more teaching side of that kind of marketing. And I would uh, say so media comms is what her thing is. My sister's a lawyer. My mom is an accountant, a retired accountant. So a lot of people. Who are not PPC people at all, so very intrigued to see what the answers were today because unfortunately I missed it. So it's really great to see how we talk to clients, especially I would definitely say who are not the marketing managers and just 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 generally non PPC people because even people who are in marketing who do not know about PPC. It can be lots of stuff that just go right over their head. So really great to have this kind of talk about, you know, breaking things down in a proper way to non-PPC people. So I hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I'm recording from my studio here in London UK and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC PPC chat, live discussions. And even if you do, then like, follow, share and retweet. That's right, Twitter. And with with my profile, The Marketing Anu. Or join us on LinkedIn with the LinkedIn group PPC Chat Roundup podcast. Or if you're on Instagram, why don't you check us out at PPC Chat underscore Roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes. So as usual, Julie joins us by saying that, yeah, welcome and thank you all for joining me today. And we will be talking about how to talk PPC with non-PPC people. But first, how are we doing? And we've got quite a few of us joining us today. We've got Andrew McGarry as well as Dylan Online. Daniel Vardy as well joins the show and Glenn Schmeltzly joins. He's doing well with the entertainment at the nephew's sixth, sixth birthday party this weekend. Apparently, knowing how to sculpt animal balloons makes you a a rock star with little kids oh absolutely i wish i knew how to sculpt balloons Julie goes my husband learned to do a bunch on youtube and kids always went bananas off definitely then uh, diana alina joins us saying i'm fine a little bit tired after a full day of planning for q4 yes yeah planning for q4 would do that especially if you work with retail clients so yeah people with retail clients feeling your pain right now steve gibson goes i've been traveling most of today but happy to be in milan oh god yes not not jealous at all considering italy is my favorite european city anyway moving on julie goes yeah before we get to the questions this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels if you have something you want to share please do we are a friendly and supportive community community, please don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers are, of course, always welcome too. And of course, as we'll be talking about, you know, how to talk PPC with non- PPC people, it's definitely worth mentioning that the official PPC chat website does have an acronyms page because it's especially, we're talking to non-PPC people, there will be a lot of saying acronyms like AOV, CPC, CTR, yeah, MER now, <laughs> that's a new one. So it's it's very interesting to see that. So there's official ppcchat.com forward slash PPC Hyphen acronyms where you'll see all the ca- acronyms we'll be using most likely today as well. So anyway, Julie takes us on to question one saying, do you regularly need to speak to talk PPC with non PPC people? If so, who are you most regularly talking Two, Anders goes, talking PPC with non-PPC people, yes, all the time, but first off, it was only called PPC in the US. This allows me to distinguish search from display and paid from organic. Lawrence goes, yes, I don't say PPC very often either. We have so many options these days with digital marketing efforts. So Spotify, Amazon, Hulu, Twitch, social channels, and so many more and growing. I think of it as just more digital marketing now. Andrew McGarry goes, yes, common topics involve last-minute promo needs, explaining disconnect between Google PR and in real life, examples, feedback loops on creative profitability trends, budget decisions, discussions for new ops, landing page needs, CRO needs, handover to Organic if CPA too high. manager Annie responded, saying, I always try to translate from marketing speak to normal people speak. In my experience, most small business owners don't understand the technical details and appreciate it when things are explained plainly. Diana responds, Yes, most often with the VP of marketing and with product marketers. Daniel Vardi responds, CRO, C- SEO, analysts, and CMOs are the most common. First, To get it, the third is it depends. Daniel Pascal responds frequently, usually higher level stakeholders or field sales managers who want to help coordinate messaging and targeting with what they're experiencing. Chris responds, as in family members, I don't need to, but I do as much as they hate it. As in work colleagues outside of marketing, not really just to say how it's working in general. Amina Farid responds, yes, all the time. Regular communication with marketing managers, creative team, and analytics team. Michael P responds, saying within Metronic, yes, to product managers and Marcom teams. And then we have John responding to question one, saying pretty regularly they range from marketing specialists to CMO. Julia Vice goes, yes, in my omni world, I talk to clients, other media teams, account teams, and reporting teams all about how PPC is a different animal than other types of media. Lawrence Chase responds to question one, saying 99% of the time I talk advertising with marketing professionals. I mostly report to the marketing execs and CEO, but CEOs, but they understand marketing as well, usually, uh, thankfully for that. Daniel Vardy responds, CROs, SEO analysts, and CMOs are the most common. First to get it. The third is, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what for that? Alex Nicole responds to question one saying, pretty often, yes, most of the time. It's account managers who have at least a basic understanding of key metrics. Sometimes it's the clients directly. And I have to make an asserted effort to give key data points in a way that is easy to Understand, we have Julie responding herself saying, I would argue that nearly all of my clients are not PPC people, they know about PPC, some, but it requires different language to talk with them than it does to talk with you. Oh, bless you. That's why she does this chats because a lot of the time she's talking with non-PPC people and these kind of chats as well as events and conferences are very important for freelancers or yeah, people who have started their own PPC agencies. Ekta responds to question one saying, usually as a media buyer or an acquisition consultant, I have to collaborate with the owners, CMOs and other decision makers from the marketing side and I have to collaborate with the team in-house and freelancers including other marketing Non PPC, sales, tech, etc. We have Julia Weisden giving another answer to this question one saying that beyond content, which is Melissa McKee, no, yeah, beyond content is Andrew McGarry. I thought beyond content was Melissa McKee. Anyway. Andrew McGarry made a real good point. Hiring teams and HR folks definitely don't have PPC down as a given. And we have Dylan online responding saying, yep, all the time, mainly clients who are the owners of marketing manager assistants. Most have little knowledge on PPC, but most some of them have a decent understanding ashton clark responds to question one, saying, in proposal and kickoff calls there's usually somehow higher up attendings that isn't as familiar with ppc titles usually have a wide range anything from ceo to demand manager or other roles that are more focused on general general marketing or sales he continues i also agree with what others are saying. Most clients could be considered non-PPCers. Some understand the value of and nuances more than others, but most are in more general marketing roles. And Then we have Dave Gallegos responding to question one saying in house to so interface constantly with our organic growth analytics, copy, or creative teams on the regular to make sure everything is in sync. But we also have our support freelancers and agency partners as well. Doug R. Thomas responds saying most people I talk to are not PPC people unless I'm working with an agency, and even then. You're often not working with SMEs, but I talk with business owners and heads of marketing the most. Ector responds saying, Yeah, so I have to communicate with both the ends to ensure we have everyone on the same page with the same goals. Sometimes it can be hard to own talking to owners and decision makers because they think PPC is sitting with a desktop and clicking buttons or changing bids or writing ad copy. Much, much more than that. Julie then takes us on to question two saying, have you found particular language or techniques to explain PPC to non-PPC people in ways they can actually understand? Yeah, loads of tips for this one. We have started with Steve Gibson going, I came to PPC as a direct marketer, so I tend to speak in those terms, but there are certain analogs and analogies even I use like keywords are a basket of search terms to help explain PPC. I like to say it's like eBay, you know, when we're talking about the auction bits of it. So when people hear eBay, they go, oh, right. I understand that. Daniel Vardy responds in one, avoid acronyms unless they know what it is. Two, don't think something is is obvious. Three, explain everything in simple terms. Four, be confident when you speak. Five, ask open-ended questions. Six, Add visuals. Seven short sentences with bullets. Diana responded, I never thought of this, but I realized that most of the times I ask them to think of them as customers or how chaotic and long their user flow is. This helps a lot of making them understanding why a top of funnel campaign is not overflowing with conversions, especially in a month. Jilly goes, ah, yes, the constant expectations setting and contextualizing. I also often say paid search captures demand. It does not generate it. Say it loud from the rooftops. Paid search captures demand. It does not generate it. J goes, I also also knowing what that p- some people want way more detail and other really just want cliff notes, key points. And we have a Annie responding saying, we take your budget or investment and bring potential customers to your sites. We make it rain. I call it Google ads or ads on Google. Super simple is best. Michael P. responds saying, I think most people understand advertising in broad terms, even if they aren't fully familiar with the specifics of PPC. So I tend to coach it in terms of other forms they might be familiar with. And we have Julia Vice responded to question two saying, I go to the audience. Every point on the customer journey goes to a person speaking into their phone and getting an answer, not a keyword or an abstract search. I make it a person, yeah, we sh- all we need to talk about, we always need to talk about how there's a person on the end of that click that we're seeing and behavior is really important and very different between the different clicks. Oh, the behavior would be very different and path to purchase will be very different. And Andrew McGarry goes, yes, that makes sense. Talking about people's behavior is less abstract. Absolutely, path to purchase will be different for every person every click julie responds i mentioned this last week but we'll share again here i always ask clients what questions do they need to consistently have answers to then i figure out what data is needed for those answers i write narratives and reports in plain language too yeah plain language julia vice goes is a key factor in these conversations people don't like feeling as though they're being snowed with jargon so make sure they Know the acronyms that you're talking to them about. Lawrence responds with replies, with all the changes we're seeing, I have framed what I do as more digital marketing than PPC. We have less button pushing and more strategy these days. I don't have to discuss day parting, percent, bid changes, etc. It's more about the channel and audience. Hector responds, yep, I don't know why biz owners think PPC is clicking buttons. I mean, so many factors go into it. Offer, audience, pricing, creating, intent, targeting, and many more. It's heartbreaking to hear this often. And then we have Dave responded to question two saying, I also use the stock portfolio or index fund metaphor to explain to the C-suite. We optimize a portfolio of keywords, ads, landing pages to get results. There will be some losers they know about money already and can relate we have Anders responding saying I use the investment analogy a lot in relation with digital marketing when you invest in various channels and formats there is no guaranteed outcome and some products will work better than others Julie responds saying I like the analogy too because like investing external factors can take something that has been working all working well and blow it all to hell random acts of Google or Facebook for example, or Apple's ATT. Thank God we don't have that here. Julie goes, and they're both fundamentally rooted in consumer behavior and confidence. Nice. Andrew McGarry goes, there is no guaranteed outcome. Unfortunately, this is what other agencies would pitch, uh, will pitch against you. Barefaced lies, random acts of tracking or attacks from hordes of cookie monsters, Andrew's response. And then we have going, yeah, Julie going, I like it too. Yeah, Dave Galigwaz's Gallig- Gallig- answer about using stock portfolio or index fund metaphors to explain to the C suite. it so goes, I love that too. So I try to explain PPC to their industry lingo. It helps me as well because that way it works like a charming unfair advantage on the sales calls. We have John responding to question two saying, usually I'll ask what their goals are in the position they're in. This tells me their level of understanding. Most of the time I use metrics they're accustomed to, i.e. conversion to lead rate, Lead to close rate, customer acquisition costs, etc. EXA responds, "Yes, I like to simplify things to very basic. Basically, spoon feeding them the jargon breakdown. It starts. With, it starts with asking the right questions to figuring out what's clients' current mood, understanding, current understanding of the PVC world, and then I explain the stuff step by step, step to them." And then we have Dylan online responding to question two saying using examples really helps to get the better person, get the person I'm talking to understand a bit better besides that, I try explaining the concept carefully, but I've got one or two clients who really struggle to understand most things we refer to. So if you look in response saying I used to describe manual bidding as being similar to bidding something on eBay, how someone can beat you up by just one P and how you have to set yourself a limit so you don't get carried away. Sophie Logan responds, the idea of setting a limit so you don't end up just bidding more for the sake of it and getting competitive than ending up with an overpriced band t-shirt makes sense to people. And then we have Ashton Clark responded to question two saying one technique I have for reporting is making sure to note what each metric or trend actually means. So instead of just saying we saw a 10% increase in CTR, I also follow it up with this. This means that users are engaging with our ads more, often and he continues saying that i also pause and ask for questions or feedback throughout calls especially when talking performance can be as simple as any questions on the metrics or trends or does this line up with what you see on your end and online advertising response oftentimes we have to use non-PPC language to not overwhelm people by industry terms for example report on ROE, cost per lead orders etc this helps businesses understand the PPC ads values without explaining all abbreviations in the account And then Julie takes us on to question three saying, what aspects of PPC do you find are most often misunderstood by non-PPC people? How do you try to combat the misunderstandings? I would love to hear from Amalia about this because she's a professor at a university talking about digital marketing, so yeah. Trying to explain PPC and how it changes all the time. And for me, yeah, that's the answer right there how it changes all the time and why it changes all the time and why a a hypothesis that, you know, sounded solid just didn't work. Testing. That's always a tricky one to explain to non PPC people because it's all like, why didn't it work? I don't understand. Oh, Lord. Annoying. Steve Gibson responds to question three saying that it's easy that you can just turn up and compete against advertisers who've been running ads and split testing for years. I agree that PPC management can make up for a load of competitive disadvantages, that good PPC management will overcome bad business fundamentals. Yeah, that you can do PPC even though none of other, no other channels I running at the same time. I got a, somebody trying to hire me to do some contract or freelancing work. And I, they were like, oh, we don't do any display or any email marketing or any, any of like, you know, demand creating, you know, kind of, kind of activity. So I ran away from that quickly managing responds saying why are my ads not showing up sometimes it d- it's difficult to explain to a business owner why they can't see their ad every time they search for it because they're realizing that your impressions are not leading to clicks and google now thinks that's a wasted impression and you're not a relevant person to be seen the ad in short andrew mcgarry goes a3 one answering his first answer to question three saying that not Doing a thing can be a deliberate strategic decision and not because we missed it. Google reps and other agency salespeople is why you end up getting random irate calls because chain of command didn't get the stakeholder comms. Continuing, he goes, sure, some folks will miss stuff and maybe have neglected an account. But if I've made a brand, literally millions in profits, maybe have some faith with that team that the team knows what the funk they're doing. C-suite need a scapegoat. Yeah. It's sometimes a trap when you take over an actually neglected account. Julia Vice goes, the team likes your improvements and then want to see weekly tinkering for the sake of seeing action in the account. Andrew McGarry goes, yeah, if that happens and there's a micromanager in there, flashbacks, shivers, right? not naming names. Anders goes, you don't get to, to own the keyword just because you bid on it. Two, the different channels within the Google Ads universe are fundamentally different. Three, it isn't true, but because Google says it is. Diana goes, most often I find the CTR metric being overvalued and considered a North Star metric also. It is hard for them to understand why a top of funnel campaign doesn't convert off the bat and that it takes more time to see immediate results. I Amina mean, Faridri, Response saying stakeholders want hot MQLs fast, but expect a $30 CPA when the lead can convert for half a million. Sharing benchmarks, competitive analysis, long conversion cycles, explaining why helps. Sometimes we also don't have answers because you know. Hmm, Google. Daniel Pascal responds to question three saying, Agreed with most of what others have posted, but I'll also add that diminishing returns is a tough concept for some, or perhaps it's just that we're dealing with an auction, not a standard market where prices are static. Michael goes, the actual payment model, most people seem blown away when under PPC you aren't paying for an impression, also the target going broad, cause going specific. And then Julia Weiss gives her answer to question three, saying these days it's the ve- it's the less experienced people who are very keen to get optimizing and want to tinker. They don't understand the learning periods, audiences, search term loss, match types. It's tricky because these are usually the people who can get more Search budget. Lawrence responds The busy bug can be a rough one. People have a difficult time doing work and letting things run without touching them. Every time you make a change now, it resets the learning period. So, hands off, lol. <laughs> well, it's not even a matter of machine learning. We don't collect enough data in a month, usually, to get actually statistically significant data. I have so many discount conflicting thoughts about data driven advertising ector responds this one is big julie's julia newbies are like let's do the optimization scaling let's change everything and then they don't which change they don't which change bring which results they don't check which change brings which results how do you tackle this while leading a team especially outsourced team ah Julia goes, I actually find it's newbies on the client side who are most excited about it. As a team lead, I try to set good examples and be clear on what I expect. With clients, I'm more educational and with a much lighter touch. And then we have Lawrence Chase responded to question three saying marketing teams are behind on all the changes. In some cases, there are execs who still think we can just outbid competitors or find misspellings to win big dollars on. The landscape has changed so much and they need to be caught up. And this response, you didn't mention the two letter word that starts with an A and which has just changed the rules of the game. And then we have Doug R. Thomas responding, saying top line strategic use. Why don't you want to run ads? What's the goal? Where are these ads going? What's your creative? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of businesses. Owners are frankly just going, we need ads without thinking about how people buy, why people buy really. John responds to question three saying, pay to win, bidding on broad level keywords like cup, not investing in marketing ops to get clean data. I usually give them my professional opinion. And if they disagree, then we usually run a test, let the data do the talking, always let the data do the talking. And the extra response to a um, question three again saying, I see non-PPC people have issues in understanding what is affecting what and how in PPC. And it can be like digging into a rabbit hole if you want them to update UI on the landing page, add more keywords and fix tracking and them asking why does it matter? Alex Nicole responds saying, I think people who really don't understand PPC are always surprised by how low the CTR can be and still be good. Same with conversion rates. Setting expectations is important. Also, like I said before crafting a story, or bef- like I said before, crafting a story always helps me. Yeah. Conversion rate, I learned quite early that conversion rate of like two percent for especially generic terms is very good brand can be like 60 70 80 percent but two percent generic conversion rate can be really good that is that is uh, you know winning so if you look in response to question three saying fluctuations in performance always difficult one to explain but I try to paint a picture of the wider industry and the whole process instead of just what's happening in their account. And then Julie herself responds to question three saying that not everything I do is captured in a change log or history. Also the platform's interest and the advertiser's interest can never be 100% aligned just because Google's says doesn't mean it is what is actual best for their account or biz ashton clark responds more money does not equal more conversions another is the nuances in user intent on search versus display versus social different platforms networks can have very different performance benchmarks and we consistently have to set these expectations actor response question three saying i have to give them the real life examples then i show them the customer journey across the funnel and showing why does anything in the ppc ads dashboard affects the revenue learning curve is huge for them in the beginning but eventually they get accustomed john kagan responds to question three going that it has changed and now the most misunderstood part is how i let google do whatever once in local and pmax how could i be so trusting why didn't i just override it how much does it show to uh, to cost to show in the organic listings why are you crying now (laughs) why are you crying now (laughs) that went dark quickly and then we have dylan responding saying attribution is quite common especially when it comes to facebook purchase conversion value versus google analytics revenue another one is that increasing budget doesn't mean more sales and better bros explaining google machine learning tends to get some mm, question marks to say the least julie responds saying to be fair i often feel like this when trying to figure out the google machine learning that it has not figured it out yet and our last question julie asks do you have resources that you like to point non-ppc people to help them better understand ppc have you created any yourself if so on what topics? I a lot of the time just tell people go on Twitter, find the PPC chat has- hashtag. You don't even have to follow people, just Follow that hashtag and use TweetDeck to do it. That's a good way to do that. That's my best resource for people right now for live up-to-date knowledge of what's changing and, you know, how to speak about paid search like a normal human being. Andrew McGarry goes, creating a custom funnel visualization of the user journey, which auto-updates weekly helped. You can quickly see where the biggest drop-off was that week, relying solely on visuals from GA or ad platforms of choice means not everyone will understand your point and Anders responds ppc chat every tuesday on twitter haha <laughs> if it is a how-to question google it i write occasional articles about digital marketing strategy on innovel.com so check out that for anders Hector responds saying, yes, currently I'm focusing on building SOPs, systems, documentations, resource libraries that I use to point to the non-PPC people. It's going to take some time, but once created, it'll be easy to replicate and scale any account with the strategies I'm working on. And yes, yeah, share with us when you're ready with that, Hector. Dylan online responds saying, we include a glossary section in our reports to help understand the general terminology i've mentioned sending them some documents but they're often too busy to read it and jill gales i hope she asked permission from julie but i'm sure she did talks puts her tweet about ppc.zone if you've not heard about it it's this fantastic thing that jill is doing like some of the women in this industry i'm so proud of of to be amongst. We've just decided to start creating our platforms. I've created PPC Live UK. We've got Julie Puccini doing a PPC Chat and hosting this regularly. We now have Jill girls doing PPC.Zone. The next is gonna be, basically PPC.Zone is a platform For people who you don't really see them on stage a lot, mixed with people who have been speaking on stage. I'm going to be doing one of these with Jill in a few weeks time. And it's basically for us to talk for like seven minutes about a topic. Just a quick snapshot, our points of view about a particular topic topic and uh, so there's going to be it's for basically she calls them lightning talks and there's going to be a live q and a yeah so go to ppc.zone to get the latest on the on the next one and it's going to have nikki coleman she is part of the she's one of the founding board members of Paid Search Association, Cheryl Gores, G-O-E-R-E-S, part of TikTok ads. She does TikTok ads. Presh Rogers is going to be talking about Pinterest ads. Jill is going to be hosting it and Nikki is going to be talking about Microsoft ads. So Cheryl doesn't work for TikTok ads. She's going to be talking about TikTok ads. Anyway, going back into our chat, Julie then gives an answer to question 14. I tend to have a little library of explainers that I update periodically to be able to send to clients. I have pointed people to the acronym page on the pvc chat site too so yes regularly i updated and i highly recommend that you go to that lawrence goes i usually stay away from acronyms and if i asked and if asked i explain it is usually not a big issue for me at least dylan online goes my biggest mistakes are assuming clients know what roas aov or cta mean and then we have have Ashton responded to question 4 saying this is a little more general but I found that referencing industry benchmarks when talking through performance helps people better understand how their account is doing usually pull these from sources like Wordstream Markle, or the platforms themselves that's a good very Good reference. WordStream, Merkle, all the platforms themselves. I am trying to do this for a client of ours. So I'll check those resources. Alex Nicole response says, yes, I do. I created a glossary of terms and how they're calculated a while back. And to help with character limits, if the client has feedback related to ad copy, I usually send them here, which is a career.com Responsive search ads link, which I'll I'll add to the show notes. So look out for that. And I think it's just a way of calculating what's yeah, what, what how many what character limit is supposed to be, and it, it counts it. There's a green highlighted if you are within limit, and I'm sure it goes to red when you go a bit too far. Yep, I got that as well. That's that's exactly what I I wanted to test out. And that is the end of our chat today. I hope you found that useful, taking some great takeaways from it and learned a lot about PPC and how to talk PPC with non-PPC people. Yeah. The, the PPC chat Twitterverse is always the best resource and I'm always talking to anybody who was trying to find, you know, where the best places is to learn more about paid search, but if you have more to share about your frustrations about talking PPC with non-PPC people, join us. On Thursday at 5 p.m. GMT. Yeah, so you share yeah, some of your thoughts. I'm sure we've probably run out of time because we only had four questions, so there might be more questions from Julie then. For any feedback about the podcast or maybe even some corrections on anything that has been shared, do get in touch with me on Twitter. My DMs are open on my handle, The Marketing Anu, or LinkedIn. We have a PPC Chat Roundup group on there. I would love for you to join us and share your thoughts. It would also be great to... um all the long-standing members and brand new listeners to give the podcast a review. So, if you go to link tree l i n k t r e e dot com forward slash p p c chat underscore roundup, that'll take you to like Spotify or Apple all the rest to leave a review and with just over a week left to our event the BBC live uk event i'd love it if you'd join us there we've got some amazing speakers crystal carter of wigs we've got chris ridley of voluted and Sheffield, we've got veronica mortillo sorry veronica if i'm saying that wrong but she's like a first time speaker she'll be awesome i just want everyone to just give us such a warm support and welcome so that she can be much more of a second third and just continue to love the speaking stage. And we've also got the amazing Rand Fishkin, who's going to be joining us for a Q&A session virtually. So if you want to leave questions for him, please go to bit.ly forward slash P-L-U-R-A-N-D. So Plurand. If you want to get a ticket to come to the event next week, go to bit.ly forward slash UK. S E P T 22, because we're going to need to stop selling tickets the morning of the 28th of September. So the 28th of September, the day before 9 AM, I'll stop selling tickets so that we can collate the names of people coming to the event and send it for security at charge. So yes, please make sure you are ready. All that. And finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye, and speak to you next week.